In the latest episode of Vamos Verde, we are going to talk to one of the most prolific goal scorers in Major League Soccer history, Austin FC striker Giassi Zardes. We also talked to some folks who have been bringing the soundtrack to Austin's nightlife for over 20 years and are now providing the soundtrack at Q2 Stadium, their official DJ collective, Peligrosa. That's the latest episode of Vamos Verde. Out now, wherever you get your podcasts. From KUT and KUTX Studios. Dun, da, da, da. Welcome! Yay! Yay! Welcome to this song! Welcome to our first ever podcast. Hi, I am Elizabeth McQueen. And I am PJ Harrington. And we are the host of this new podcast called This, this song. song. Elizabeth, what is this song? You know, PJ, this song is really any song. We have a mission, you and I. We want to go to musicians, artists, really anyone that we find interesting and find out what the song that they want to share with the world is, which is a really big and open category, you know? But this song could be the song that inspired someone to become a musician in the first place. Or it could be... Your favorite song this week. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. I I think if I did this song, it'd be like, what song am I listening to on repeat? Whatever you think the world needs to hear. But really, we're asking people about their song as a way to get them talking about their creative process, inspiration, or whatever it is that kind of sets their hearts aflame. What makes you do what you do? What makes you do what you do? And oftentimes for musicians, what makes you do what you do is the work that someone else has done. So that's what we're doing. And we decided to get it started off today in, I think, the best way possible. We did an interview. The first interview we ever did was with Mojo Nixon backstage at the Ameripolitan Awards in Austin, Texas. And I don't think that there's anyone more appropriate to be the first person on the first podcast of this song with Mojo Nixon. What do you think, people? Let's let Mojo Nixon knock this out. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Mojo Nixon. So, uh, so, so we're. I'm starting this podcast with my friends, and we're talking about like the song, like whatever the song you think the world needs to know, the song that changed you. Well, I, I got I got your email, and I started thinking about it. And there's a lot. I, I thought of 20, you know, 20 songs. And I don't know. You know, my dad ran a radio station in Danville, Virginia, where I grew up, and I I loved music as a kid. Yeah. And uh, but the one the, the earliest one, the early there's a lot of later ones, but the earliest one, it totally captured the mojo hillbilly primitive imagination with sweet soul music by Arthur Connolly. Do you like good music? <laughs> that sweet soul music. And I was thinking about it today, why do I love it? So what just listen, do you like good music? Yeah yeah. It's actually an old Sam old Sam Cook song yeah. called Yeah Yeah. And then, I don't know if you know this, Arthur Conley was a protege of Otis Redding. Otis Redding produced the song at Muscle Shoals. During the middle eight of the song, you can hear Otis on the talkback go, Arthur, you're doing good. But the thing I love about it, it's like the encore song. It's sheer exuberance. 
It's just, it's a joyful noise unto the Lord. It's making the devil dance. It's, you know, it, it's the, it's the sound, it's the sound of young America. Uh, I just love it. And when I was a little kid, I think it came out in 67, I would have been 10 years old, I had the single, and I would play it five, 10, 20 times in a row, and I would dance. Uh, little Bojo Hill, it, it was kind of a combination of the frug and a buck dance down in Danville, Virginia. And, and I, I still, the, when I hear the song today, I feel good. Even if I want to kill my wife, because we've been arguing for months, sweet soul music makes Bojo feel good. <laughs> Is there a part of you that when you perform, you're always shooting for sweet soul music? Yes, I'm all, part of me, of when I perform, I'm always trying to impress my dad. And that was that is what would impress him, me doing sweet soul music. Have you ever done sweet soul music? I have done sweet soul music, but the horns, they, they were playing the wrong notes. <laughs> Oh, Mojo Nixon, Sweet Soul Music by Arthur Conley. Knocks it out of the park. Totally. And it explains a lot, too, because I don't know if you've ever seen Mojo or heard him or seen him perform, but uh, he pretty much has that energy all the time. I, I see where it comes from. There's a lot of energy in there. And I like the fact that he's trying to impress his dad. I think we're all kind of trying to impress our parents <laughs> in, somehow, in some way. Um, our next artist has something in common with Mojo Nixon, which you might not think it's Cat Edmondson. How much do you think Cat Edmondson has in common with Mojo Nixon? I think we're going to find out. Uh, yeah, she her song also comes from when she was a kid. It's followed her this whole time, the way that Sweet Soul Music has followed Mojo Nixon. She's got a new record out called The Big Picture. and uh, It's getting a lot of love. It is getting a lot of love because it's really good. She's really good. What can you say? Um and she's actually coming to town. She's a former Austinite, so we claim her as our own. I think, yeah, in Austin's <laughs> mind, she is. She will always be an Austinite. Yeah, we're like the mafia. You can never leave. <laughs> anyway, she's she's going to be coming to town and performing in the old Austin City Limits studios. Um, and she's going to be doing some songs off this record. But yeah, we're going to hear about her her inspiration for some of the songs on her new record, especially the first single that they put out rainy day woman it was inspired by um by peter gunn well i guess the first question is do you remember when the first time you heard peter gunn was i don't i started getting into mancini music um at a young age, I guess the first Henry Mancini song that I took note of, I probably heard more of the music and wasn't aware of it, but I took note of the Pink Panther. And um, I remember sitting on, my, my mom and I used to go every Sunday to my godmother's house, or she would come over to my house. She basically um, was, I had, I had a very small family. It was just me and my mom. And, um, the extent of my family was was um, my my godmother, because mm -hmm. I wasn't close with my dad. I didn't know his side of the family. My grandparents had died, but my godmother was actually close with my grandparents on my mother's side, and she kind of she was my big supporter uh, along mm -hmm. with my mom. And so we spent weekends together, and we would 
often watch an old movie and then have dinner or something. And we rented the Pink Panther, mm-hmm. and um, we were all sitting there watching, and, like, the theme song came on. And it was so electric, like yeah. the opening credits with the actual cartoon and, and the music. And my my godmother was like tapping her toes in time, but the song to me sounded like really edgy and really sexy, mm-hmm. and I actually felt uncomfortable listening to it with them in the room oh because i felt this like sexiness mm-hmm. that i was like this is not i'm not supposed to be i'm not supposed to feel this, this. Yeah. my mom <laughs> yeah <laughs> my godmother so i was really like nervous and excited and um and i was just like you know looking at them differently too i was like wow they're so cool you know like Mm-hmm. They like this, and I like this, and this is amazing. And so I started getting into more Henry Mancini. I actually learned um, the theme to Romeo and Juliet. Oh, and I was wow. learning to play the piano, and um, I kind of I taught myself that. I was listening to, like, this Henry Mancini greatest hits tape that I had. And, and then on, like, the beginning of one side of the tape, it was Peter Gunn. Okay. And did that no. make you feel a similar way that the Pink Panther theme had made you feel? Like yeah. edgy yeah. and sexy? Yeah. And you know, it starts off like bing 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 and then all the horns come in like Yeah. And I actually had never seen Peter Gunn, but I could just imagine all of the things that were happening to that music. And like fast cars, and like, like, you know, modely type women, and Aww. like James Bondish looking dudes, and things exploding, and people <laughs> flying off of buildings, like on their feet, and are landing on their feet. Mm-hmm. And I just, it, I was, it was just so exciting. To you me. didn't have to see the movie. The, yeah, the music I, I actually like without any words, pre-verbally gave you the entire movie right there. Right. And so then, and how old were you then? Were you like? I was like 10. 10? 10 or 11. Yeah. And so this has stuck with you then until, until now, until your most recent project, because has Peter Gunn, has it always been in your mind to try to like approach that Peter Gunn feeling or try to recreate that Peter Gunn feeling? Or was it something that you just recently said or kind of came back to you? It kind of came back to me. I mean, it's always been in my mind. There there are certain things I realize I have always been chasing. Mm -hmm. And and many of them have just been revealed to me over time. Like the more that I make music and and my sound evolves, I realize, oh, I've been, I've just been trying to do this thing that I loved yeah to when I was a kid and it's usually stuff that I listened to when I was very young so um trying to approach those uh those formative feelings somehow or approach making other people feel the way that you felt yeah when you were a kid yeah I want to feel it again yeah like that I I just want to keep perpetuating that feeling so 
I, I actually didn't have an agenda to to make this sound, but then I um I'd written Rainy Day Woman. I had co-written it with Kevin Lovejoy in like 2008, mm-hmm. and um and. We recorded a demo version of the song. It just never, it didn't feel right. We recorded a couple different versions that never felt right. I took the song. How were you doing it before? Were you, was it more like a standard jazz song? Or it sounded was it... more like, um, it sounded more like a rock tune. It was oh. kind of like Kinks mm-hmm. meets like Three Dog Night. We were listening to One, the mm-hmm. song One. Uh, one is alone. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about the U2 one. Like, one. No, yeah. <laughs> the Harry Nelson tune. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was listening to, um, various Kinks songs. And so it had more of that kind of, like, in the summertime kind of, uh, in the summertime. Kind of, it had, like, a swing but rock feel. Mm-hmm. And, um... And then when I went on tour in in 2013, mm-hmm. uh, I was I pulled the song out again, just trying to see what I could do with it. And um, my guitar player in the band, uh, or one of my guitar players, was like he like put a Bond chord, a James Bond chord, at the end of the song. Like a like a doolittle. Yeah, one of like, those, yeah. Wow. yeah. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's it. I was like, it's James Bond. It's like Peter Gunn, and that's when I realized, like, this is my moment. This is what I could, I could like try to recreate it. Yeah. You string me along. My friends say it's wrong. They tell me I'm crazy. I'm reading the cards and asking the stars. And it's totally, you can hear the excitement in her voice. Like, I've found it. Yes. <laughs> that feeling is pretty amazing. <laughs> um, well, we sat down uh, at Bismo Studios with Aaron Barons. Yeah, he, Aaron Barons, most people probably know him from Ghostland Observatory. Great act. Um, which is great. But he has struck out on his own and he's doing uh, some solo work and he's put out an EP. I just bought recently. it. I just bought it on vinyl. That's how we do it these days, PJ Harrington. That's right. Yes. It's very cool. So he, he too, had another song from when he was a kid. Yeah, a, a great Curtis Mayfield, too. Interesting version. Yeah, from a, a mov- live version. From a movie soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. Listen ahead. See what you think. Okay. So, Aaron, um, what is your this song? What is kind of the really important song for you? Well, you know, I thought when you asked me the question, I thought there's 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 a, you know, a little booklet full of of those little memories in my mind, but one that kind of bubbled up to me. I remember like it was either like 5th or 6th grade and I don't know if you remember like BMG when they would send you would get like these like it was like a scent yes, for like a the, CD type yeah, thing, you CD know. Yeah, the CD club, yeah. The CD club type thing. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I often got like CDs that I didn't even order. You know, I'd be like, I've never heard of this band, you know. (laughs) 
And this one CD that has continued to follow me through my whole career is, and this is so funny, but it's like, it's this uh, Dead President soundtrack, Volume 2. Volume 2? Volume 2. Oh, wow. Okay. And uh, there's a song on there, Curtis Mayfield does, uh, it's called We People Darker Than Blue. And it's a live, it's a live cut. Mm-hmm. I've never seen it available anywhere else except for on this CD. Whoa. And they go into this long, like, extended jam, and they use, like, samples of, like, machine guns going off, and, like, there's a, it's it's a crazy bridge breakdown that's, like, people talking in the background, and then it just folds right back into, like, you know, Curtis just doing his, we people are darker than blue, you know, and it's just so, like, amazing to mix, like, the soul R&B with this, like, crazy, like, funk coming out of it, and, like, electronics and like I, it just that song always just really like stuck with me I was like this is this is amazing you know like like and just the depth that Curtis has in his like his soul and his and his music and his words and then combine it with something so cool and so edgy I've actually got it right here on my phone oh really yeah oh just man even so you can hear it yeah that'd be great yeah. I would love okay, to hear it man. Yeah, yeah totally yeah let's play a little bit of it why not since we're here talking about it we might as well be about it So do you still have the CD? I do. No. Yeah, listening to that as a kid was just like, because I was like, I was into like, you know, I was into Purple Rain, you know, I was into like, but on the other side, I was into Garth Brooks and George Strait, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was like, but then like I heard this and I was just like, man, this, it really resonated with me because I like, to me, for me, I, I feel like music is a good space for, I like to be real with whatever I'm saying the majority of the time. I yeah. know with Ghostland, I've gotten kind of off from experiments, you know, and stuff. But the majority of the time, I like, I love soul music because when it's saying stuff like, you know, get yourself together, you know, like, you know, we all got problems. You're talking about shit that's real, you know, and that's, I love the fact of combining truthful, honest, uplifting lyrics and approaching the situation, but doing it in a way that's musically aesthetically cool and, and and weird and eerie that helps create that ambience and that emotion in order for the message to come through as well. Yeah. You know, totally. so I kind of, I want to explore further into this song. This song still has so many legs to walk around on, you know, so. Yeah. You yeah. can listen to it and hear it a, a hundred exactly. different ways. And the yeah. older you get too, you're like, oh. Oh, yeah. Let's oh, take it in that okay. direction. Like, yeah. yeah. I, now I understand more. Yeah. No, yeah. So listen to this breakdown right here. Have you ever tried when you were writing a song? Have you ever been like, okay, today we're gonna write We People Darker Than Blue? Oh, but you my, know, like, I'm, yeah. that's what we're going for. You know, it. I definitely, I definitely, honestly, there is a song coming up actually on that I'm hoping to release in the next year, actually, 
um, that we're working on that is, I I actually have to say that you know art steals from art you know and I yeah I I did take a page from that song on this one breakdown part there's a whole it's a song's called Easy Money mm -hmm. and we do it live and there's a whole part where it breaks down and we are just mumbling and talking while the band's jamming and that's that's where that idea came from was that Curtis Mayfield song oh cool yeah it's just this whole breakdown it's just like words like, just going over the top of each other and. So that's, uh, yeah, that's where that whole idea came from. And you'll hear it. When you hear that song later down the line next year, that, uh, you'll be like, ah, that's where he got it. Right on. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> but, and, and did that, did his use, his use of like samples and everything when you were doing Ghostland Observatory stuff, did that influence some of what, like how you yes. thought of music and what you thought it could do? No, no, for sure. I, I just, I think there's so many unexplored realms that people have not seen yet and and that was a huge thing with ghost and yeah with rock and with electronics infused with each other like that you know and and just using like samplers for my voice and just because i had with ghostland i'd have a sampler stage for my voice and a mic and i would just get over there and it didn't have any memory on it but i would just be doing loops you know through like a line six delay pedal or something you know and just like tripping it out so no definitely but then uh, yeah, I just love the fact that it was based in soul music and just it, like you don't hear that you don't see that and I and it just really inspired me to through my whole career yeah to really take chances like that you know and be like dude this is cool you know we, Curtis hey, thinks it's cool I think it's cool and it's know? yeah sometimes you have those songs where you're like you go I didn't know you could really do that like yeah, I never yeah. heard like oh you can do that and then that kind of opens you up to a whole world exactly of, so i and, and and in return from seeing that i hope that i can be that kind of artist for other people you know i hope that i can carry on that tradition of putting together melding together cool cool ideas and sounds together in order to achieve something different you know yeah new you know so and influence people down the line so yeah that was aaron barons and i have to say it's really true. You never know where the best stuff in your life will come from. Like, it might come from that CD that you got from the CD club that you never ordered, but yet you still have. <laughs> oh, the CD club. Oh, the CD club. Or the cassette, you know, or cassettes even. I know. I think kids these days are missing out. They don't get any kind of CD club. <laughs> Col uh, Columbia. What were the was it? The Columbia Records. BMG. Yeah, BMG, Columbia. Yeah. Oh, A penny. And yeah. then you get CDs every month. And that's right. They cost... $30. A little bit you, more. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys for listening to our first podcast ever. Yay. All right. We're going to be interviewing more musicians. We're going to be coming at you with their this songs and hopefully we'll open you up uh, to some cool songs and maybe to some cool insights. And send us some suggestions of some yeah. artists that Wait. you would like to If you have any suggestions, any ideas, or maybe want to talk about your own song you can email us at this song at kutx.org uh anything else to say PJ? thanks for listening <laughs> thanks for listening
KUT's next AT Explained live show is April 3rd. Brand new stories about Austin's people, places, and culture told live on stage by your favorite KUT journalists. I've never gotten any specific invites from Steiner Ranch. And that's about the time Charlie chomped down on that chicken. I will hypnotize you into securing my law services. Join us April 3rd at the Paramount Theater for KUT's next AT Explained Live. Tickets are on sale now. Get them at austintheater.org. And we'll see you there.